0: In today's episode of Consider This, I've got Justin Ebert and Morgan Weiss in the studio with me, and we are talking about, uh, as a church, when we invite people to our programs, events, and services, uh, what does that actually look like, and how can we become not just more bold in inviting people, but in doing more than just inviting people, having follow-up faith conversations. Recently, we had a Christmas Eve program, and we really did challenge uh, the people in our fellowship to invite people. And we want to make sure that there's some follow-up and follow-through, but maybe you don't know how to do that. So hopefully um, our time in the studio today will help lead you through that process. Enjoy. When we think about or talk about the mission of the church and um, kind of internally as ministers, we might talk about a ministry philosophy. What is our ministry philosophy? How do we read the Gospels? How do we see the church? It's set up in Acts and responded to um, by the early Christians. So what is the what is the purpose of the church? And we don't really mean it in its, in its highest sense, but in its very practical outworkings. And so kind of breaking that down, it's been talked about a lot over the last decade or so, two decades or so, um, talking about the attractional model of the church versus the discipleship model. The attractional model... Um, having more of a uh, come-and-see mentality, so high programming, high uh, you-need-to-invite-your-friends, and when they come, they'll hear the gospel presented, or they'll get a sense of what it's like uh, to be a part of our church, how fun it is, how uh, helpful it is, whatever it is, right, how educational it might be. So you're kind of thinking about uh, the needs and wants of our community, and uh, we create programmings and worship services that are kind of designed to to bring them in um, in an attractional way. And then you have other churches that say, no, it's more of a discipleship model. It's more of a model in which we train our people to go out and to have conversations with the lost. And it's more about what happens around the edges and in the workspaces and in our homes. So those are the the kind of the two models. And I would say every church, probably every church um, has has a bit of both. Very seldom will you find a church that's all discipleship or, um, or all attractional. Um, so there's always going to be a blending of both. But um, what we want to talk about in this podcast is we want to talk about um, uh, us being a discipleship, ch- discipleship church. How do we still become actively involved in sharing the gospel with our friends, family, coworkers, community, uh, that we that we live in. How do we do that, and actually use a number of the programs and events and outreach things that we do here at the church? So that's kind of what we're um, wanting to, to to discuss. So I, I guess I'm going to begin, um, Justin, with you. Um, why is it that you believe we should invite people to come be a part of the programs, events, and worship services that we have here at Sunnybrook? Like, why is that? Tr- why why should everybody at least consider and be actively engaged at some level with that kind of invitation
1: um it's one small part we can play in a much bigger story you know if we kind of zoom out we believe that there really is a god who exists and we believe that that god has been working out his plan and revealing part of that plan to us and the cool part is he's invited justin and morgan and jim and every person who's put their faith in jesus to be part of that and it's not a closed door invitation he's opened this up to any person and so we get to play a small part in this thing that he created and he's created us to be um voices for that to be hands and feet for that you know i that question reminds me of romans 10 and how will people believe if they yeah. haven't heard? How yeah. will they hear if somebody didn't tell them? How will somebody tell them if they're not sent? Yeah. And so we do really believe that the part we get to play is helping people encounter the Lord and yeah. helping people encounter the Lord through the the word of the Lord. And this is where we do that yeah. as, as a group. Yeah. And so it's not that you and your Bible can't go to Aspen and talk to somebody about the good news of Jesus. You can. Um, sometimes, for some reason, uh, people... Don't feel equipped to do that or don't feel gifted to do that. And so an invitation can be a great first step yeah. in yep. a, participating in the mission of God.
0: I like the idea of a first step. Morgan, you said that um, when we were talking about this in our preparation, you kind of made the comment that um, with a lot of the uh, the young people that you work with, this is their – did you say this is their understanding of evangelism or this is their kind of their understanding of what it means to –
2: Yeah, whenever we ask junior high students, like if we're doing a gospel, we we kind of, with youth ministry, we kind of have different pushes where we challenge them, probably at least once a year, probably once a semester in our teaching where we have kind of a, we want you to share the gospel with your friends. We want you to share, like, let people know that you're a Christian and what that means, the impact that's had on your life. And in junior high, whenever I ask them questions, like at a Sunday school environment, and I say, so how many guys have shared your faith with anyone? Or how many of you guys have ever done anything bold for the Lord? And most of their responses are, I invited my friend to church and which is great. (laughs) I mean, I think that's wonderful, you know? And so we get a lot of opportunities to kind of push them on. So now what, now what do you do? Um, after that, you know, after that point, I also think, you know, what Justin said is true. And it's also true that we really do believe that there is something holy and profound going on when the body of Christ gathers together. Yeah. When multiple people in the same family of God with the Holy Spirit gathers to worship him, when we invite people to come to something like that, we're inviting them to come and see the truth being preached, but also his people and the community that that is and what that looks like as a people that respond and worship the Lord. And there's something really amazing that's happening on yeah. a sunday morning or on a wednesday night or on a in a bible study or i would argue even at something like our block parties there's something deeper that's happening there than just gathering with neighborhood friends it really is deeper because yep. we have the holy spirit yep. and you know, a lot of us praising the Lord, letting, letting men see our good deeds so they can praise the Lord. Um, another one is let people—people people will know you're my disciples by the way you love one another— what better way for people to see us love one another than to bring them into an environment where we are gathering and communing and loving one another. And so I think there is something pretty profound to inviting people to this.
0: And we want more. Um, It's not that we don't want to have the conversations around our dining room tables and, and our Aspen coffee moments. I mean, so yeah. And also kind of taking a look at, at, at what things are are happening here. Um, and not just at the building, but at our events wherever they might be. And I think it'd be good for us to plan in 2023 where those events can actually be more in our community. Um, mm-hmm. But they're definitely us gathering together and demonstrating what it actually looks like. I remember being in seminary in Illinois and uh, preaching in a small church in a very, very, very small town. and. Uh, my neighbors at the time did not have a, i don 't think it, uh, an interest in coming to church at all; They knew I was the pastor in town and um, for the longest time uh, we struck up a friendship with them and i 'll never forget when they finally asked us. They started coming to church and uh, uh, through not being invited by me uh, or my wife and so and not that we were uh, we were engaging them actually like quite a bit at home, um, kind of in our yards and in our in our dining room tables and living rooms those things. And then later on, they asked me that when they ended up even coming to faith. They asked me, like, why did you never invite us to church? And I said to them, and I don't even know if I apologize for this, but I said to them, yeah, like, I, I really didn't know, like, what you would get out of it. Um, you know, and a, a part of it had to do with what <clears throat> our church services were like and kind of how we organize things. It's very different than Sunnybrook. It was a different time. It was a different place. And so I was trying to imagine how much um, – they would really get from it since they had, like, no church background whatsoever. Um, and then I was actually pleasantly surprised when they said, yeah, you're, you were kind of wrong. Um, uh, although I get what you're saying, there was a lot that, uh, that, that we began to appreciate and there was an attractional element of it. And I just kind of thought, you know, I don't know if they're Jesus followers, so they're not going to want to sing these hymns or they're not going to want to hang out with these people. They're just a different social set. And yet there was just something profound. That happened that uh, we we couldn't necessarily explain. It wasn't a sociological uh, explanation. It was more of a spiritual one. So that's a, that's a great reminder. Um, so Morgan, here's the the the, the next question I want to ask you is so so literally specifically, if we're trying to you know guide our people and help our people to see what that actually looks like, um, how do you um, approach? How do you recommend to say junior high, high school students? But you would you would have no problem talking to a college student or even a, you know an adult. Um and I don't think the conversation is necessarily that different. So what specifically would you say to help people know how to have that conversation? Cuz I think some people would be like what do we, what do you say just hey you want to come to church with me? Is that is that how you say it? And by the way, it might be that simple. So what would you do in terms of helping somebody with the the literal conversation that you have to invite someone to an event or program or a worship service?
2: Well, this is kind of this is just A piece of advice, this is not biblical, (laughs) this is just Morgan, but one of the things I do is I try to tell people I'm a Christian as much as I can, so if anybody ever inquires about something I'm doing or how I'm behaving or what are you purchasing all these things for well, we have life group tonight. And so at my church, we gather in this thing. I'm a Christian. My, you know, so you're
0: at Walmart, right? At I'm that at moment? Walmart
2: okay, okay. and that's how I would talk got to it, a, a, a cashier it, checking me out. If it. I'm at school for my son and they're asking me how to deal with uh, a situation with him, I would tell them, well, I'm a Christian and so I'm, I pray about this and I do this and this is how I respond to this. Um, and I thank God for you working in his life and being patient with him. I say that at the doctor. I say that, I try to say that as much as possible so people know that my entire world view, the way I'm processing what I'm doing, comes out of my faith in Jesus Christ and his word. And so And it that- does it naturally. No, I think No no some- no, no, no but
0: what I'm saying is is that you're, you're not going, yeah. you believe that God is a natural part of your life. Oh, yeah. Not like a weird part. No, That's no, what no. I mean by natural. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: He's every, okay. he's he just, I want him to have that. Yeah. And it says, when people see your good deeds, yeah. let them praise your Father in Heaven. So I want people to know, when they wonder why I'm doing what I'm yeah. doing, yeah. I want them to know it's because I believe in Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. And so um, I try to incorporate that as much as possible. And then it becomes pretty apparent by the response of the other person, whether um, that's going to be, hey, you're welcome to join me. I mean, if this is something that appeals to you, if you're looking at my life or my response in this situation and there's something about that that interests you, I'd love to meet with you or I'd love for you to join me. At Sunnybrook. We're just right down the road at Richmond and I give them our service times, you know, so I can do something that simple. Um, I don't do a lot of like just leaving cards on people's cars kind of thing. Um, <laughs> you know how sometimes people like that. I don't do a lot of that. I, I really mainly I'm a verbal processor. I'm a verbal person. So that's that's the main thing I do is I I try to tell everyone I can that yeah. this is who I, be- I belong to the Lord and this is who I am. And it also honestly helps me. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm a foster parent. My kid has some issues at school. I want to go in. I feel frustrated. And I remember that I am handling this like a Christian. Sure. Because people are here that are not Christian. Yeah. And they know I am. So, you know,
0: so how I, I, what I like that you just said, so let's, I want to put this, I want to kind of restate this. So you're having a normal conversation. Um, you're using whatever it is that you're doing as a point of contact to, to kind of draw them in. Um, it's a very natural part. Um, so, Hey, here's what I'm doing and this is why I'm doing this. And then there is a, Hey, and you're welcome. If, if you see an interest or whatever, feel led to say it, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden it's, Hey, you, you're welcome to join me. We'd love to, would love to, to see you there. And so it's that, it's that simple the point of contact is the uh, whatever it is that you're working through at that moment and then it's it's as simple as would love for you to join us
2: yeah sometimes that's sometimes that's as simple as it is yeah. i think there's a natural bent also to look where god's placed you so like your neighbors would be yeah. a big one yeah. um, praying for people before you engage them if you're working in an environment where you're around a lot of non-believers if you see someone that you can go out of your way to begin to care for and pray extra for, I think those things are, are great ways to begin um, that kind of a conversation too. Yeah. But
0: Justin, anything else you want to add in terms of just the specific conversation that you have with people when you're inviting them to an event program or worship service?
1: You know, just thinking that you know we have all these different ways we communicate these days, whether that's a text or a call or a post or a email or a you know face to face is the one that's becoming less and less popular as the age range <laughs> goes down um you know using each of those well you know don't we we got off of social media a while back uh, for a lot of different reasons, personally, um, you're saying personally. We got, yeah, 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 yeah. I we, thought you did too. No, I yeah. did too. But I'm yeah. saying
0: the church did not get off. of When yeah, you yeah, said yeah, we, yeah. I wanted to make yeah, sure yeah. that it's not, sorry, yeah. I was pointing
1: yeah. to Jim, which you cannot see. Yeah, I pointed at you. He's wearing yeah. a green checkered shirt. It's very nice. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I like it's it. my
0: Portlandia day.
1: Oh. So no anyway difference. so
0: we um, so personally <laughs> there's yeah. a number of us that just kind of decided yeah we're yeah, not doing yeah. so, the social media you know one rabbit. of the things i
1: challenge students cuz they most of them do have multiple avenues of social media is you know occasionally challenge yourself to use that as an opportunity you know you you probably post every day or send some type of thing at least every day could you use one of those days or one of those posts to Hey, we're having a Christmas Eve service or Hey, we're having a block party. Hey, we're would love for you to come to church. Or I was reading this verse today and was really, you know, using the things that you're doing. uh, If you're choosing to do that to use as opportunity. So, you know, I do sometimes text people. I do sometimes go door to door to people. Um, and then use the natural conversations that just randomly come up with people as you're going, like you're saying,
0: um, you know, do, do, a, do you do the same thing? Cause I think this is important. Do you that come with me or it's like, Hey, uh, here's where we're at. Hope you show up. Like, cause I, th- I think I, I don't know if one's bad, bit. but yeah.
1: it depends a little bit if I have a previous relationship. Okay. So if I know okay. somebody, it is more of a like, dude, just come, you know, yeah. and I can, yeah. you already have my number or yeah. you know, yeah. we know each other. Here's my number. Text me when you get there, I'll meet you there. If it is more of a random person, it's, probably more of a here's where we are yep. and it may even be just the first drop you know of a multiple conversations we live in Stillwater, you know we go to the same places a lot of times yep. and we we begin to start a rapport with the people that check us out at walmart or at lowe's or whatever um you know the other thing i was thinking is you know when i do have those more formal going across my cul-de-sac or little area of my neighborhood i do usually do that with my family You know, and so I'm thinking of doing things like that, inviting even like in community, or sometimes we'll do things as a life group where we'll kind of, you know, we are intentionally going to serve a house and do yard work for them or buy gifts for them, and we're going to let them know we're Christians and invite them to come Mm -hmm. see this thing we're doing. You know, so there's a lot. Those are some things we've tried over the years, but use the avenues that that you have to communicate like you do.
0: Are you seeing any. In in your ministry specifically, or I I guess we could extend it further, Um, how how difficult is it, do you think, for people to do this um, that you're working with? Is this like an easy thing? Is it like a really, really difficult thing? Are they hesitant? Are they excited about it? And I know you could find examples of all of those things, but generally speaking, is this something that that we're doing well with, or is this something that we're kind of struggling with?
2: I think... It's hard to begin doing it. it feels kind of awkward, okay. and then once you do it, it's not so awkward. I mean, it's like going on a first date yeah. compared to going on a 20th date. Yeah. Like, and then married 15 years. You but know, the so, young people that
0: you're working with are the vast majority of them going. Oh yeah, I'm doing it all the time, and I'm well, really engaging it well. Depends or are on are they... their
2: personality. Okay. You know, I mean, but for the most part, they'll you know, junior high. It's interesting. You can get them to do pretty much whatever you ask them to do. Yeah. Um, if they think that if they believe that you're on their team, they'll do pretty much whatever you ask them to. So, um, high school is a little bit more challenging, um, but even then, I mean, I think there are power in numbers. So, like sure, right now, sure. our, you know, our our youth group right now, I say, is doing a really great job of this. But a lot of them are really together on yeah, this, yeah, you yeah. know, yeah. which makes a difference when you're not just feeling like you're the only one. So,
1: yeah. I don't know. I want to say you know, if I had to give a guess of a generality, I would say most people struggle with making it happen. Yeah. They feel awkward or intimidated or, uh, I don't know. It's just a little bit of the, the culture we live in is it's weird to talk and invite people into your thing. You kind of want, you do your thing and I do my thing. And for me to infringe upon your thing and say, you should come do my thing is a weird thing in our culture. And so getting people to move beyond that and say, yeah, but the thing you have is the thing they need, yeah, yep. <laughs> like need, need. And so therefore we're going to cross this cultural uh, faux pas and do it. Yeah, and, and I don't know, I think once people can get past that, like yeah. Morgan said, yeah. Yeah. they're more apt to do it. But I do think a lot of people struggle with that, just getting their head around, I want you to do something you're not doing. That I have, and Ooh. it just begins to be with heebie-jeebies, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think it's, I do, I think you do see, like, I love hearing the stories that you will describe in terms of your kids, and they are inviting everybody, and absolutely shocked that people aren't going to want to take you up on this, because church is the most amazing thing, or this program is the most amazing thing, so why aren't you wanting to be a part of it? And then there really does seem to be, as they get older, they begin to realize, huh, not everybody's into this, and I can begin to see why, and so they're, yeah, I think we get a little more hesitant and then you know, going, trying to figure out what happens afterwards. I think college sometimes can change that a little bit. Yeah, let's invite get college. Excited to, again. Yeah, get excited again. And and then it seems like when now you're settled in in your life and you're kind of living with your family and these are your neighbors. It gets a little more complicated again. So I, there really is this ebb and flow in terms of just how how people. And, and and the other thing is, is that you know I think we all, if you've been attending church for very long. There is a constant uh, discussion that we need to be evangelistic, that we need to be able to share our faith. And most people don't. But I think most people want to. So it's not that they don't want to and they don't. They want to and they don't. And And a lot of it is, I think, the excuse the vast majority of people will give is I just don't know how. And what we're describing here is, like you said, Morgan, sometimes it just kind of forces it. Um and I don't mean that in a negative way, forces it where it's unnatural, but it kind of causes you to engage people where all of a sudden, okay, no, I mean we've started this conversation and I, I got I gotta keep These I gotta pe- continue. I'm gonna
2: drop my kid off every day yeah. and that person knows. So So that's the yeah. that's
0: the part that it becomes, I think, very in that sense what you guys are describing. It's just very natural. So if you if I were to say to you, you need to go out and share the gospel with someone and you're just paralyzed, hey, if you're not there yet, tell you what. Invite someone to Mm -hmm. the Christmas program or invite someone to a worship service and then say, hey, what did you think? And then see where that conversation goes. Begin the faith conversation, as we like to talk about, Mm -hmm. and see where it goes. And what you'll find is is that that kind of more natural, breaking it off in um, sizable pieces – um, in, a, in a size that you can manage, I think can really begin to boost people's uh, enthusiasm and also their confidence with with having those kinds of faith conversations.
1: You know, you almost think about it in terms of, I, I don't know if it's stair steps or just progression, you know, a, a way to think about it would be, like, yeah, if this, if this inviting someone to come and see is just level one, it, it's, it's kind of the most basic thing you can do or maybe the most basic thing you can do is mention you're a Christian or mention you go to church, and then level two would be actually inviting them to come and see it, and level three being some type of follow-up conversation with them. Level four would be asking them what they believe about the Bible, Number whatever would be mm-hmm. actually sharing the, 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 gospel. the gospel and putting the cross before them and saying, what do you think about this? What do you decide about this? That's Those are all different levels and probably – you know, it'd be interesting to see from even our yeah. own congregation what have you done in the yeah. past. Where yeah. you know, I've never gone to level three. Yeah, I'd like to. Why yeah. haven't you? Yeah, just haven't. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. some yeah. people. I don't even know if it's just fear, um, as much as like, eh, you know, like yeah. I think we probably should, but it's there's not a lot sure. of like. I don't know, the drive, the passion yeah, to the get passion into to that. It. And it's not even like they're anti-Jesus or don't care about the <laughs> Lord. It's just like, I mean, yeah. I I just got to pick up my kid, yeah. you know, yeah. and I've got a lot going on. And so yeah. that's why we talk about it a lot is because we understand it can be put on hold. And it's like, oh, I knew I meant to do something yeah. that you said last
0: week. but <laughs> Well, and a lot of people I think also um, they're they're okay with – they seem to be okay. Like whatever they're doing, whatever they're thinking, whatever they're feeling, whatever they're worshiping seems to be working for them. Sure. And so I think there's a lot of our our people that have, uh, in that sense, a more passive response. It's when all of a sudden things aren't working for them. Their marriage is struggling. They're really wrestling with their kids. You know, we got some stuff that'll really kind of guide you through that. But people that are, high functioning um relationally financially health wise we just kind of i don't know i don't know if the need is as a parent and so yeah. so we, we don't feel the the necessity to need have the in ourself or
1: we see like that they actually look like they're doing pretty good, you know <laughs> do they you know, that doubt yeah. i've I've talked to people where they've got, just got this doubt like yeah, but their life pretty much looks just like mine, mine. yeah, and I struggle with that, and yeah. so not if there's that's another barrier like yeah. helping them see. Like, why do, why, do I, why do they need this? Yeah. And again, all of that's conversation, training, discipleship, we would say. Yeah. Um, engagement in the mission and believing truly that we, you need Jesus, yeah. you know, and we need Jesus at the center.
0: So, um, we talked about different uh, programs, events. Recently, we had a Christmas thing. We really challenged our people to, uh, to go out and to invite people. So, let's assume that some people did. I know a lot of people did. Morgan, what kind of um, specifics? So, thinking about our Christmas Eve program that we had, um, what encouragement would you give to people who invited someone on what a follow-up conversation might look like? Like guide somebody through that. So, Andrea and I invited our neighbors over. Um, we haven't done anything yet. What 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 could you say to us to encourage us to to follow up? And and how would you how would you recommend that people do that?
2: I would say one. When you are praying to the Lord, there should be a lot of repent like your mind changing and shifting to align yourself with what the Lord says. So when you have a moment like, Oh, it seems cheesy or their life looks fine Um, they don't even look like their life looks a lot like mine. And they then talk to the Lord about that and pray and say, Lord, I, I'm, I feel nervous about this and I don't know why. And that makes me feel dumb to even say that, but I feel like I'm just don't even know how to bring this up. I think talking to the Lord about those things and, and looking to his word and realizing, wow, this is life giving, this is eternal salvation, Mm -hmm. eternal life in him. Reorient yourself to know this is why you're doing what you're doing. Okay. So that's one thing I would do. Um, and then another thing I would say is just, what did you think? I mean, it's as easy so as simple. what did you think of the service? Um, or you weren't able to come. I I still I would love to get lunch with you sometime. Still, yeah. you know, I haven't. I'd love to just learn more about your life and know who you are. And then, okay, so let's up.
0: back this up. So the first thing that you said. Um, in terms of what a conversation might be, is, hey, I'd love to get together with you. So it's really that simple. Hey, Morgan, I invited you to our christmas Eve thing. Love to try to get together with you, have a cup of coffee, and just to get to get to know what you thought about it.
2: I even say sometimes, like if I know it's someone that's not a believer, I say, you know, since I am a part of the church yeah. and I love yeah. following the Lord, I'd love to hear your perspective yeah. as yeah. someone who's not uh, a follower of Jesus. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, just flip it on its head. Yeah. Let them say whatever they need to say or whatever they want to say. Like, I just anything you can i think to i the thing is we believe this is true so if someone seems like they have their life together then say man it seems like you have your life together do you know the lord Yeah. you know cuz i follow the lord and that's that's what holds me together and it i really want to know how your life's together I'm like our our faith can handle that yeah. because it's tr- this is real yeah. god is real and so i think then flip things on their head and inquire and ask people about things in their life and let them be the expert a yep. little bit, you know, and then.
0: So listen to like, again, we're not, we're not trying to uh, get into a debate about whether or not the Christmas program was amazing or not, but literally mm-hmm. asking them, Hey, what did you think? And I like, I like what you said to say, listen, like I'm so in this, like I'm so entrenched in this. Mm-hmm. I would love to hear your perspective. And th- in that sense, we're you're not, you're not there to debate them. You're not there yeah. to argue with them. You're actually there to listen to them. You're there to actually get a sense of in terms of where they're at. You know, we talk a lot about helping people understand their current spiritual condition and take responsibility. I think it's good for us to be aware of other people's current spiritual condition and then in that sense, help them to take responsibility, to to kind of guide them through the process. So those two things I think are really, really, really helpful. Justin, is there anything specifically about, I mean, your wife was in it. Amazing. I mean, just... When, and I'm, I'm not even kidding when I say, okay, I'm kind of joking, but, um, you're right. No, but your wife is amazing. But I, I actually, took a picture of the scene, um, where her and Mary, so mm-hmm. your wife played Eve yeah. and her and Mary, or Mary is consoling her, you know, so it's literally Mary consoling Eve. And I just sat there, this is in rehearsal and I just sat there and I watched and I reflected and I just thought to myself, there is just something amazing right here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there was there were some funny things in there. There were some silly things. John the Baptist dropped some donuts. But then there were some pretty significant things. So yeah. what specific things do you think people, um, can you give any like uh, beyond what Morgan said in terms of, hey, what are you thinking? Mm-hmm. Um, how could you guide people's thoughts around specific parts of our Christmas program that we might want to have a conversation about?
1: Yeah, saying a couple things like, what in there didn't make sense to you or Hmm. what questions did you have from it? Because Hmm. it really was, a creative way to tell sure. a Bible story that maybe you're not that familiar with, or maybe you're familiar with part of it. Like, hey, who is this guy supposed to be, and where yeah. does he play? And then you get to have this conversation of, oh, that was actually Jeremiah, and he's here's why he was significant, and he was actually pointing to this part of how Jesus fulfilled the promise of God. And so you're always really what we're ultimately trying to do is trying to get to Jesus. Yeah, the whole play was trying to get yeah. to Jesus. So these conversations, these follow ups are trying to get to Jesus and to put Jesus in front of people. And so, I mean, have that always in the back of your mind when you're having these conversations. I'm, I'm telling people I'm a Christian because I want them to get to Jesus. I'm inviting people to church because I want them to get to Jesus. So you, you invited somebody to the Christmas play. You want to have a follow-up conversation. Ask them their general thoughts. Ask them specifically. What questions did you have or what mm. stuck out to you as, as really impactful mm. or cool? Mm. Why w- Why do you think that was impactful to you? Or why yeah. was that such yeah. a struggle for you to understand? you just not know the story? I'd love to tell you that story. Do yeah. you think next week yeah. we could meet again yeah. and yeah. we could, actually, I have a Bible for you. You yeah. know, it's yeah. like there's so yeah. many yeah. things yeah. that yeah. can yeah. go. Yeah. Or and even,
2: I don't know, actually, I don't know anything about Jeremiah either. I would love to, yeah. S- yeah. like, I'll yeah. look up that and I will let you know can we meet again next week
1: let me text Jim and let me text Morgan and I'm going to get some verses to read so that we can study this together because I actually I don't know much past Jeremiah chapter 31 you know and that's okay and so you get to show them like you have a humble spirit you want to learn and you want to bring them along this process Um, yeah I I think there's and and one of our goals
0: actually for the program was I mean honestly we wanted to bless our brothers and sisters in Christ. We wanted to bless people in our community. We wanted to present the gospel. We wanted to create a context where Kyle and Amanda could invite their neighbors and then to have a further up conversation. I think it's also good to realize like um, everything is not a one and done. I mean, sometimes we can get almost get uh, confused that everything's a Hail Mary, right? So it's always like, fourth and 17 and Mm -hmm. so you're just throwing for the throwing for the for the uh, for the end zone right or swinging for the fences
1: yeah we put all this effort into christmas eve we hope someone puts their faith in jesus yeah and uh, i guess nobody did nobody did so it's over
0: okay (laughs) but but literally going as as you guys are describing this becomes one conversation i like how you know what's interesting morgan i like that you said uh, maybe there was somebody you didn't invite or sorry so somebody you did invite but they didn't come Mm. Yeah. To be able to say, hey, I know that you missed it. I'd love to talk to you about what it was about. I mean, again, that's probably a, a, a higher level of boldness. Mm-hmm. But it's it's interesting because we're thinking more about the entire process of leading people to Christ and having faith conversations than we are about a Christmas Eve program. Mm-hmm. That's not the point. Mm-hmm. The point is not the Christmas Eve program. The point is Jesus is the point. Mm. And so I think all of those things are really, really, really helpful. Um, is there anything else specific? I like some of the, the specific stuff you did from the play. Anything other uh, – like Specifically, that um, you kind of picked up from the Christmas Eve event, that you would go, yeah, I'd love to, mm, I'd, I'd love to follow up, or I think our people should be able to follow up with this aspect of what we presented.
1: You know, one of the main ideas from the play was coming into focus, and how each of these characters. I mean people. Yeah. You know, yeah, don't just think people. of them as characters on a movie. Think of these as real people who lived at a real time. That's what we kind of tried to do. We tried to make Eve seem like she was your friend that just wore a weird leather dress, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and so, think of these as real people who were experiencing this in real time. Yeah. You know, and and then think about your life. How hard it is for you to process some of the stuff you've gone through in real time. Yep. And then looking back, maybe you you either have never processed it or you'd like to know how to think of it well. Well, actually the point of this is that when you zoom out from the perspective of the Lord and you see how Jesus can actually deal with is the only one who can deal with the brokenness of life. That's the point. So is there anything in your life that is broken that you're having a hard time seeing clearly that you feel like you're just too close to and you can't get out of it? Tell me about that. Yeah. You know, because we all know there's something in someone's life that they're dealing with or have dealt with that's b- causing real brokenness in them, even yeah. if they seem like they've got it all together. Yep. And so the point of this play is, are you too close? Let me help you see it yeah. as it truly is in light of Christ. And so that would, I mean, use use the point of the play to have that
0: conversation with somebody. That's good. That's really good. Um. Last question. Um, What would you say? to encourage someone to actually be more engaged, more specifically engaged with these faith conversations? Um, uh, is there anything that you would say to encourage them to be able to say, listen, I get it. I get that there's a hesitation or I get that there's some kind of a disconnect. Um, and I know maybe you want to think about like uh, some specific examples because I know there's lots of reasons why. So you probably would have different conversations. But just think of one thing that you would say to somebody, kind of set it up in terms of uh, for, for my friend who... And then you can kind of set that up. I would encourage them to consider this so that we, we can become more. Morgan, thoughts? or?
2: I would say for my friend who works somewhere where no one knows that you're a Christian person, yeah. by the end of this year, people should know you're a Christian person. Mm-hmm. And that will probably involve words. So <laughs> you probably need to pray about that and ask yeah. for boldness and uh, maybe... Maybe if you can be vulnerable enough, maybe be vulnerable with your life group and ask yeah. them to ask you about that um, or in a Sunday school class or with one of us on staff. Even yeah, we'd love um, to help. we would love to help you do that. I think of I'd love to just share two cool stories of people doing that. Yeah. yeah. Um, one is my mom, but my mom is a Christian and she works for Stillwater Medical um, and she takes being a Christian very seriously. And so she pray, you know, when she was at the women's clinic every day, she'd park farthest away and she would pray for every employee that was there on her way to walking every day. She did that. Um, right now where she's working is in a different department. And each week their their boss leads them through like a high or a low of the week. And so everybody goes around and just shares, is supposed to share one kind of as like a, a team building thing. Yep, yep. And she just was determined that I'm going to share something. Even if it's something difficult in my life, I'm going to spend whatever I'm doing to give honor to the Lord. And so people will talk about stressful things going on in their life. And then she'll say something and it might be just as stressful, but she will talk about how, man, the Lord has given me peace, or we are really thankful to welcome home you know, our son, our grandson from prison or whatever. She will do that. And people ha- people will notice. I promise mm-hmm. you people will notice. In fact, now people in that little environment say, I'm in a pull a Julie today. That's what they say whenever they're going to say something differently. And then they begin to, they really do. They begin to open up. It, it, give, it gave her an, an opportunity to say, Hey, would you like to mm-hmm. come to the Christmas Eve service with me? It gave her an opportunity to do things like that. Yep. So that's one. And then another one was, um, uh, I was sitting on my, on my way to Encounter. Lindsay Fielding was in my passenger seat. And I said, Lindsay, I don't know if I know y'all's story. How did you even end up here at Sunnybrook? She's like, Actually, I was working with Tiffany Bays and she just kept inviting me. Hmm. And she just kept inviting me. And I couldn't come and she just invited me to the next thing. And it might have been an event and it might have been a Sunday. And she just kept in- And she said, At least for sure, at least three times she invited me before I came. Hmm. She's like, And then one weekend, TC was gone. I had the kids and I thought, Hey, we're just going to try this. And she's like, I went, I, the Lord spoke to me, Hmm. you know, I, I heard the truth of the gospel presented the next week. I said, TC, we've got to go here. He came and we've just been here ever since. Wow! And it was that, it was that simple and yet not that simple. Sure. You know, sure. Like someone could come and could be hard hearted, Sure, but we're not the ones that are supposed to always judge that. Yeah. Um, the the Lord is often, I think sometimes doing things that we cannot see. And, um, I mean, you even ask people on staff, right? Steve would say, yeah, I was just like playing and the guitar and the Lord just spoke to me, you know, or Ryan Benson would say, yeah, I just kind of didn't like my life. And this girl, I kind of like told me to read the book of John. And so I started reading it and the Lord spoke to me through his word. And yeah. so take the pressure off. You are not God, yeah. but you are part of God's body and you do have a responsibility. And so I'd say people need to know that you're a believer. And, um, and if that makes you nervous because you don't do everything right, good. Yeah. Then repent and believe yeah. Yeah. more yeah. often, yeah. you know, yeah. let the, let the, the, your faith, let the rubber meet the road more often, you know? And so that's what I would say.
0: I like it. I like the simplicity of the Tiffany Bay story.
1: It reminds me of the parable of the sower. When you're talking, just, I mean, our responsibility, it seems that Jesus is saying, like, you, I've given, commissioned you to scatter seed. Mm -hmm. It's going to fall on all kinds of different soils, all kinds of different ears, and they're going to respond to all kinds of different ways that you can't control. You can control just being the seed caster or don't when nobody lights a lamp and then hides it under a basket that's dumb you know you're the light of the world so shine like a light in the world mm-hmm. don't hide that and so can those those came to my mind as you're speaking you know going back to what I, I said earlier think about the levels where you're at have you do the people around you know you're a christian in your class in your on your team at your work on social media do they know you're a christian Probably step one, like you said, is I think people should make know, it known. Er, people should know you're yeah, a Christian. Make it known. Uh, step two, invite. So invite them to something. Invite somebody to something. Yep. Get into a regular habit of inviting people to yep. something. Yep. Step three, ask people what what they believe, either how they're responding to that moment or yep. what yep. they believe about the Lord or about God or about Jesus or about the Bible and and just see where that goes. and then at some point, pray and consider, ask them, what do you decide about Jesus? What's keeping you from making a decision about Jesus? Huh, that's interesting. I'd love to talk to you more about that. Because, you know, how many conversations does it take for somebody to put their faith? Who knows? could be the first one. It could yeah. be yeah. the hundredth one. Yeah. You, you don't know where you're at in that line. We've, we talk a lot about links in the chain, yeah. you know, yeah. and people being in different people's circles. And so m- there may be one person that Jim, Morgan, and I all have conversations with, and then they move to Dallas, and somebody, a Christian there, tells them, and they finally believe. So just have courage that you can't force, and nothing you say is going to truly change someone's life. The spirit sure. is going to work in someone's heart, you know. We, we really don't have the onus of the saving of the people. We have the onus of giving them the opportunity to hear it so that they can then respond in faith.
2: And can I just say one more thing, adding on to what you're saying, is if you're nervous or you're worried about being bold in this area a safe way to start is to go to your life group or to go to someone that you know, as a believer and say, how did you come to the faith? Yeah. Because when you start hearing people's stories, you realize, wow, God really uses people mm-hmm. to get more people to him, mm-hmm. you know? And it helps. I think it can help feel, for you feel this weight of like, wow, I could, like, I can do this. Like the sure. Lord has called me to do this. That's how they didn't think it was cheesy. Their whole life's been changed, mm-hmm. you know? So Yeah.
0: No, this has been really good. Um, you know, I, I would say that, uh, Morgan, you talked about by the end of the year, I think it's good to, to think about not just, hey, what are you going to do tomorrow? Although sooner the better. Mm-hmm. But try to think about, I just don't want to end 2023 the way it began. I want to have, uh, I want more of my people that are in my life to know in terms of where I'm at. I want to I wanna invite more people. I want to follow the model of Julie or Tiffany or follow the model of Morgan or Justin. And I really want to um, uh, kind of take the responsibility of the gospel that I believe in um, and sharing it with others. Uh, I, I think it's really, really good to uh, to reach out. To even to us on staff, or to a leader, to a mature believer, um, if you're really wrestling with this and saying, "Hey, would you would you help guide me through this?" We would love to talk with you, and so you're not on your own. Um, when you invite somebody, and then they begin that faith conversation, and you find yourself in over your head, um, the good news is is that there are people all around you that would love to just kind of help you with that conversation, and um, don't think in terms of the hail mary. All the time. It's really not. It is. Uh, I love the, simple, the simplicity of Mark chapter 5 when Jesus is talking to the gathering demoniac and he says, hey, I want to come and follow you. And Jesus says, no, just go home and tell people about the goodness or the mercy that God has shown you. And so it really can be, in essence, that simple. Um, I'm just going to talk about these simple these simple things. It's not about you impressing people. It's about you just pointing in the in that direction. Um, and and as a church, we really want to. We're going to be a discipleship church, so that's why we want every one of us to be engaged at some level. And yet, I really appreciate, especially with our family ministry team, the number of block parties and fall festivals um, that you guys are doing that are creating a context for us to invite the people around us, not just young people, you know, not just junior high and high school students, but others. So let's take that seriously for the glory of God, um, for the benefit of others, and also for our greatest joy. Thanks for joining me.